there are a lot of ways to get creative around maintaining healthy food and incorporate your family, the household, and outside that, your community and friends. A lot of those things can work. They do take a little effort on the front end. What if I told you that there are just three things you need to do each and every day to revolutionize the quality of your health and well-being? Well, there are. And I'm here to share with you exactly how to start taking control of your body and your life today. My name is Marcel Hansen, and you're listening to Small Habits, Big Changes. Let's dive in. So today we're going to be talking about nutritious meals. We are on the third wellness pillar. Three stable table legs we have down and uh, stay tuned. Our next episode will be on quality sleep. If you haven't already downloaded the episode on hydration, please go back and start there as well as progress through to exercise and then you'll find yourself here. The third stable table leg being nutritious meals. Nutritious meals is aptly put third in there. It is the third. I am three of four children. It is three of four table legs and wellness pillars. And it really is the one that appears to be the most difficult. If you're not a full-time chef and you don't, you're not an absolute foodie with a lot of time on your hands, nutritious meals can be challenging because it is time consuming. Unlike grabbing a glass of water or a water jug that can take seconds and 10 minutes outside obviously takes 10 minutes nutritious meals is not so quick it can take an hour two hours once or twice a week but it takes a lot of mental capacity as well it is for this reason that i have outsourced it for the most part for the last decade of my life and I could say that it was one of the best, it is one of the best decisions I ever made, but it is it is among a bunch of great decisions that I've made that collectively have made my routine and my healthy habits just that much easier to maintain. I would say there are lots of people out there that are not in the position to do that yet. Understand that my journey is almost on its 30th year, right? So I'm 27 years into my wellness journey. 28 this year. This isn't where I started. So understand if I'm two thirds of the way up the mountain and you're at the base, you're not behind. You're on your own climbing schedule, right? So wherever you're at right now, do the best with what you have, but you do want to be progressing towards a goal. And a goal is feeling great with all the food that you're eating, having great energy and flexibility and feeling satiated and enjoying your meals always. The thing is, you're never really there because by the time I got honed in on my diet, maybe in my early 40s, my hormones changed. So my dietary needs did. So I just went back to eating meat. After 23 years, I hadn't had meat and um, red meat. And, and it's fantastic. I love it. I, I didn't. I didn't miss it. But uh, my acupuncturist thinks otherwise. But I, in order to get to the, the goals that I have, I needed to implement something that had quite a bit more um, animal protein. And so that's what I chose. And so it will change. It will change. So know that there is not a perfection in it. There's only a wellness. 
there's a you feeling great about what you're doing and how much effort you're putting into it and what you're getting back. We're looking for positive ROI, right? Not blood, sweat, and tears for, for nothing. So where I started, and I can empathize, is that I just started cutting out the things that didn't work for me because I knew that I wanted to get rid of them. I would try a month. I did a no dairy January. I think it was 2007. Haven't had dairy since, actually. It just stuck. I, it, I loved cheese pizza. I used to have it every day for lunch without fail. I'd eat really good veggies around that. For the most part, I say really good, but eating anything out of a box nowadays is not at all good in, in my personal uh, preference. But processed food, if it was intentional and healthy-ish at that time, I was where I was at. I cut out things that didn't work for me. So I think I started mostly with fast food. So I, I haven't been to fast food in ages and ages and ages because that's one of the first things I cut out. I think also an early cutout was late 90s, cut out fast food. Coming into 2000, I tried all kinds of things, cut out Diet Coke in 2002 or three. I think it was three. We did no gluten for a month and that really stuck. And for the most part, I have been gluten-free. I, I don't have a gluten intolerance. I'm, I, I don't have celiacs, but uh, I had a close friend of my partner at the time who, who did have celiacs. And so in sort of a, a supportive role, we tried gluten-free now 20 years ago. Gluten-free stuff was not good at all. And I really, my heart goes out to her in those early days because it, nothing tasted good. There were no good gluten-free crackers. God forbid a cookie would taste nothing, nothing. No pizza crust, nothing was good. Nothing was good. In 2023, I have to tell you that gluten-free stuff is sometimes better, in my opinion, to say a, a cauliflower crust pizza. I really like the gluten-free one. It really just depends. You got to seek out what works for you. But gluten in the Western world has really, our, our products that contain gluten have been massively processed. And so I'm a, a strong proponent of cutting that out. And I, I did cut that out fairly early on, 2000, maybe four, five. Then dairy, I cut out processed sweets, like, uh, like actual candy. Um, no more M&Ms and Reese's peanut butter cups, things like that. I cut that on a Halloween, actually, and I just cut cold turkey, and it was a big shift for me. This was uh, probably 15 years ago, and it was hard. That was the hardest one, and I help people cut sugar all the time, and I have lots and lots of tips on that. If you are interested in some specific guidance, feel free to text. The free texting community is 206-483-2960. just want to get that in there because uh, that can help. I can help give better information to you specifically. So I did cut out red meat was actually one of the first things of fast food, then red meat, gluten, eventually no dairy, so many things along the way that I cut out. But as I was cutting them out, after I cut out basically the first thing with fast food, I started implementing new things. Like so instead of fast food, I would have fruits and veggies, whatever. And when I cut out... Uh, meat. I went. I was a pescatarian for 17 years, and so I cut out red meat. I ate salmon and seafood. When I cut 
without gluten. I really cut, limited a lot of my breads in general, but I did eat, and I do eat some gluten-free and alternatively made bits of use cassava flour, cassava flour instead of traditional flour, for example, in my pumpkins. When I got to cutting out processed sweets, like, you know, M&Ms and things like that, I just went straight to fruit. Every time I had a sweet tooth, I would replace it with fruit. I also did some supplementation. And and then as I continued to decrease things, I would try and increase things. So I wasn't undernutritioned and I didn't I certainly came from being more malnutrition. And I've always eaten enough, if you will, but it's about eating enough of the right things for your goals, your activity goals, your health and wellness, etc know that there is that nobody's perfect and everybody is different especially i'm going to eat very different than say a 30 uh, and i'm going to guide someone who's 30 years old who is very active i'm going to guide them to eat very differently than someone who's 65 and moderately active they're going to be in different places my point being that everyone is different each and every person has a set and not even a set of fluctuating and typically fluid lifestyle in what they're consuming, how much they're working out, where their relationships are at, their stress levels, their hormones, how work is going. There's a lot of factors that go into that and really what they want to achieve. Someone who's training versus someone who's not, you're going to need different nutrients. So I'm a big believer in food therapy. First and foremost, that's where I go to maintain my wellness certainly have supportive components that I'll talk about on a, on another episode, alternative healthcare. However, food is really going to be your number one. There's nothing that can replace that. If you can get all your nutrients in food, and that's a big conditional clause. I am I'm aware that we have, you know, an epidemic with our quality of soil and production and it really is not what it used to be. It's really paying attention to ingredients, how and where things are grown, and what kind of nutrients are actually in them. Without getting into too much, it's big business out there. And so people who are selling food um, to the masses are looking to make money. They're not looking to keep you healthy. So it's your job to keep you healthy. And it's my job just to help support you in doing that. So read your ingredient labels, try and stay away from processed foods as much as you can. Boxed foods, canned foods, things that come packaged in plastic and all those things. The more I like to think of it as a whole food diet, like W-H-O-L-E. If you can find it in nature, then I want to consume it for the most part. That's probably 80% of what I want. The 20% that's found in nature that's good for me, I probably don't want to consume, but I still consume it. That's what you can control. You can control that. Certainly growing your own food is always going to be ideal if you can produce the you know the right nutrients within your soil and you have the right climate or you've got a pot box or a cold box. Being able to self-sustain is huge, but it's something, again, like cooking your own meals three times a day or cooking for a family. You don't always have that time. So back to where I started about outsourcing is it may not be an option for you to hire a chef, but it may be an option for you to hire chef part-time. It makes you back up 
set of meals to keep in your freezer for you to call up one of your local like meal prep services and have some of those meals that are freezing either freezable or you can you know integrate those into your household meals so you're not making as many meals maybe you're not making 21 meals in a week you're making 11 and you have someone else make 10 there are a lot of ways you can also group share you can get a buddy over you guys can bake together you can cook together split it once maybe once a week or once every two weeks you can make a huge vat of a stew or a curry and you can split it with them and the next week they do it for you there are a lot of ways to get creative around maintaining healthy food and incorporate your family the household and outside that your community and friends a lot of those things can work it they do take a little effort on the front end obviously even hiring a chef i had to do research i had to interview them i had to sit down with them and you know not i've gone through a couple that didn't work i've been blessed that i've had just three in the last decade and they have been fantastic and i i love them dearly and i hope they know that it's always hard to lose somebody who's such an integral part in your wellness, but that's where it's your wellness, not theirs. It's always going to be you that has more invested in it. So the better you can take care of yourself in your 20s, 30s, 40s, teenagers as well, you're going to set yourself up with a healthier foundation for your 50s through your honey or buck 50 for me. In closing, I'll say this. Wherever you're at with your nutrition is a perfect place to be, a perfect place to start and to continue to progress. If you are stuck with, okay, this is what I eat every day, this, that, and that, the other, send a text in and we'll give you some alternatives of what, how you can implement a little more variety. We do want to try and be, this is where I fall short for sure, is that I get into ruts of eating the same, you know, nine meals. But in getting better as time goes on about switching those up and eating seasonally is a great way to think because then you know you're changing up your food four times a year. In the summertime, I eat a lot more fruit now and a lot more uh, green salads. In the wintertime, not so much. If I'm going to get that, I get it from a, from a celery juice or something that I've made in the juicer. Typically, I'm not eating as much cold in nature food in the wintertime. In the fall, I like to kick in with some stews and curries. It just is incorporating the squashes of the season and what have you, beets and things. So I try and eat with the season, but also when you, another thing about just branching out, as I just thought of, is when you're hiring someone to, to either prep some of your meals, they're doing the shopping. Love that. They're doing the ingredient list. They're doing the recipe. They're doing... They'll take into consideration like what you what your preferences are, but they're creating things and that can inspire you to create different things as well. And they can continue to mix it up and you can incorporate what they've what they've come up with. The beauty of of having someone else do at least partial, whether you're sharing with a buddy and they're making a stew or, or whatever for you, it buys you time. It gives you, you know, creative options to to branch out and to really add more of a variety into your your meals and it also can be a connection with another human being it's 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 fascinating what someone will do for someone else and not necessarily for themselves so you know making a big fat of curry and being able to share with your best two buddies or your neighbor or 
maybe another mom in town that you share, you know, childcare duties with, and you, you, you go walking at the beach or walking at the play, meet at the playground. Maybe that buddy, that mom buddy wants to do a little curry swap twice a month. There's so many different options that you can get to in there. Being consistent while being flexible is really the key to meal prep and nutritious meals. They are going to change. They're not going to be the same. The things you ate when you were 20, you're not going to eat when you're 55. And the things that you made for your kids when they were three, they probably aren't going to like when they're teenagers. You have to just roll with the punches a bit, but building the foundation of creating, like creating these healthy habits of food preparation, the way you wrap your head around meals and where you're sourcing your ingredients. These are huge, huge steps. If you took the next 10 years to implement those, you'd be a-okay. So do what you can with what you have. I fully believe in your resourcefulness. You can rate and review. You can comment below if that's available. Certainly utilize the wellness texting community. I look forward to sharing more about my journey and hearing more about yours on a future episode. And until then, stay awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel any part of this episode resonated with you, then please consider sharing it with a friend who may also find value in it. And remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And before you go, did you know we have a fantastic free text community? If you want more bite-sized health hacks and reminders delivered directly to your phone, absolutely free, then text keyword YES to 206 Four eight three two nine six zero. Again, that's keyword yes to two zero six four eight three two nine six zero, and we'll see you on the inside.